0: Because, again, that is another problem, going back to your earlier question, that I deal with all the time with my coaching clients, and I think a lot of people go into real estate thinking, you know, I can just, you know, work three hours here, three hours there, and I'm just gonna make all this money and all that kind of stuff. No, it's not the way it works. As with any other business, you have to consistently look for other business. And um, and I'll even take it a step further, because I truly, one of the things I love saying is, I truly believe that your success, anybody's success, is defined by your routine. And if you don't have a good routine, I'll tell you right now, you're not going to be successful.
1: What up, though? Welcome back to the Growth Never Stops podcast, the most diverse podcast in Luxembourg. My name is Michael, and we got another amazing guest for today's episode, the great Chris Stafford. Chris is a successful real estate listing agent with over 25 years of experience, he's one of the top producing brokers in the San Francisco Bay Area, he is a speaker, a business consultant and a real estate agent guru. He works with motivated listing agents who want to 10x their income while having a high quality life at the same time. And What separates Chris from other advisors? is that he is in the trenches as a listing agent combining both hardcore real estate tactics and mindset tools or brain hacks that rock listing agents into the stratosphere. Chris is passionately achieving his dream of empowering other listing agents with his books Massive Abundance and Dream Business, his online courses, speaking engagements and consulting. And in this episode he shares his story and his knowledge on what it takes to generate and attract massive abundance in your life as a real estate agent. Enjoy this one, guys. That was a great one. Oh. So <laughs> Let's get this going. We got a big guest right here, Chris Stafford, a big time real estate agent from San Francisco. How are you doing, Chris?
0: Great, thanks so much for having me on, Michael.
1: Of course, my pleasure, man. And, um, you know, in real estate, there's so many titles, there's so many terms which can end up being quite confusing, such as realtor, real estate broker, a real estate agent, real estate as, uh, associate broker or listing agent and etc. So before we dive deeper into your journey and the great knowledge you got to share with us, can you briefly explain what a real estate listing agent is?
0: Sure. So, Michael, basically real estate agent just means somebody that's going to help a buyer or seller purchase or sell a piece of property You know, anywhere in the, in the world. I mean, different countries have different names for it, but essentially you're just helping a buyer or seller. A real estate broker is somebody that has a little bit higher level license that you spend more time to become more accredited. Which all that means here in the United States is that as a real estate broker, you can start your own company and have other real estate agents working underneath you. Uh, but if you're just a real estate agent, you have to work underneath a real estate broker. And a listing agent is just is just basically you're working with sellers. And uh, if you're a buyer's agent, obviously you're working with buyers. So that's pretty much it.
1: Awesome, excellent. Thanks for the clarity. And what about your story? How and why did you get into real estate after working for years as a CPA for PwC?
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? It's because I hated my job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was a, you know, I went into, I became what we call here a CPA a certified public accountant here uh, in the United States. And I did it because I didn't really know what else to do with my life. I was young in college and I, it came easy to me. Accounting came easy to me and I was really good at it and I became a CPA, I certified, passed my CPA license the very first time, and I made a lot of money doing it, and I just sort of fell into it, you know, and and Michael, sometimes I'm not that quick on the uptake, so it took took me 11 years with uh, PwC to figure out that I just, I I was going home like I was crying on the inside, I just absolutely hated it, because I, I think that I'm a pretty gregarious kind of guy, I love meeting new people, and and to be an accountant for me, it just, it wasn't working. Not that I'm putting accounting down, but it just wasn't working for me. And I ended up talking to when I, I used to work in New York, I started in Detroit, San Diego, New York, and then back to San Diego and then San Francisco. And when I got here, I bought a house. My real estate agent, I was, became a friend of mine. And he told me all about, you know, becoming a real estate agent, which is really one of my passions and always has been. And, you know, my only regret in life is that I didn't start becoming a real estate agent sooner. And I just am having a ball doing it.
1: Wow. And um, in 2014, uh, the National Association of Realtors uh, put out a report indicating that about 87% of new real estate agents fail after five years in the industry and only 13% make it. So I would like to ask, why is that and what are the challenges that agents have to overcome what were the challenges that you needed to overcome when you first got it started
0: wow that's a really good question no one's ever asking that um you know a lot of things there's a, there's a lot of reasons for that happen i had the same challenges that any real estate agent has to become because what most people don't know is Real estate agents are entrepreneurs. You're starting your own business. And number one, I hate to say this, but the bar to become a real estate agent here in the States is not very high. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to get your real estate license, number one. And number two, I think that a lot of people become real estate agents because they have nothing else to do and they don't realize that as an entrepreneur, as a real estate agent, you gotta hustle and go out there and get business and sometimes people just think that they can sit around a water cooler and drink coffee or water or whatever and just uh, bs with other real estate agents and the business is just going to fall in their lap and the truth is it's like starting any other business you have to know marketing you have to know how to find new business you have to be disciplined you i mean there's a whole litany of things that you have to do and i think that 87% to use your percentage, go into real estate, not wanting or not knowing they actually have to hustle and do all those things. So I think that's really the big problem.
1: Totally makes sense. And what does it take to become a successful real estate agent to 10x your listing? What is it for you, Chris, that separates you from others, especially in one of the most competitive markets in the world, such as San Francisco?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, is it, it's my charming personality, Michael.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Sometimes I just slay me. Um, yeah, I think that really the thing that really is important is to really have a vision, have a really good strategy, have a great business plan, and then develop tactics under that to get you to where you want to go. And I talk to, I, as a, I'm still selling in San Francisco, I'm still in the trenches selling, but I'm also, uh, I am also a real estate coach and I coach real estate agents all over the United States. I talked to, and I've interviewed 87 real estate agents, listing agents across the country. I've coached hundreds of real estate agents. And a lot of times, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, a lot of times people just don't have the vision, number one. They don't know where they want to go with this business. And number two, they don't have the strategy and the tactics to help them get there. The one thing I'm really good at uh, with my business, and always have have been from the very beginning, because I have a CPA background, and one of the things I used to do as a CPA with PricewaterhouseCoopers is I I worked with a lot of high-technology entrepreneurs, high-technology companies, and reviewed their business plans, reviewed their strategy, and all that kind of stuff. So I started real estate back in 1937. (laughs) it seems that way I've been been selling real estate for my god, jeez, since uh, I've been 27 years, 25 years I don't even know, but when I first started I knew that I had to have that, I knew that I had to have a kick-ass business plan I had to have a real crystal vision of where I I saw myself with real estate, how many houses I want to sell, how many deals I wanted to do, what kind of commission income I wanted to make um, and then I am all the time, constantly, with a coach. I had a coach right from the very beginning, uh, and I paid that coach a lot of money. Like back in the 1990s, I was paying that coach $1,000 a month, uh, which was a lot of money for me back then. It's a lot of money right now. Even. Um, but they helped me crystallize all of that and really helped me with the strategy and, you know, what am I going to do to get to that point? So I think just in terms of uh, vision, strategy, and planning, those are the things that I'm I think that I'm really good at uh, and I'm really, I love talking about that kind of stuff with my coaching clients.
1: How important is consistency as well as scheduling for this? It's not just that you just get up and grind and, and get after it and try to do so many things at a different time and you end up doing nothing. So how, how important is it to, to have clarity like a schedule and then being consistent with this?
0: Oh, Absolutely. I think you probably hit the nail on the head as the most important thing. There's no question. And I'm not even talking about real estate agents. I'm talking about all entrepreneurs. Any entrepreneur worth their salt is going to know that they have to be consistent in whatever they're doing. Because, and again, that is another problem, going back to your earlier question, that I deal with all the time with my coaching clients. And I think a lot of people go into real estate thinking, you know, I can just, you know, work three hours here, three hours there, and you know, I'm just gonna make all this money and all that kind of stuff. No, it's not the way it works. As with any other business, you have to consistently look for other business. And, um, and I'll even take it a step further, because I truly, one of the things I love saying is, I truly believe that your success, anybody's success is defined by your routine. And if you don't have a good routine, I'll tell you right now, you're not going to be successful. I mean, look at all the, you know, Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey. I mean, look at all the successful people out there. They have a certain routine, and that's all based on being consistent. And, you know, I'm, like I told you, I've been selling real estate forever, and I still, every single morning for two hours, sometimes two and a half hours, I am still calling up past clients. I'm still calling my sphere of influence, everybody that I know. I still do other marketing. And if I don't do that consistently every single day, Michael, I'll tell you, it's like I feel sort of, the rest of my days I just feel cruddy. I feel like I have not had a successful day. And I'll tell you one of the things I always say to myself, and I always tell everybody else, never judge the success of your day based on your results. Judge the success of your day based on your actions. And if I put in two hours, two and a half hours of marketing, and I know that I just did a bang up job, and nothing happens, I don't get one appointment, I don't make one sale, I'm fine, because I know that I put that energy out into the universe, I know that you know, what I sow, is, I will reap, and I know that, that it's all going to be fine, and it's definitely at some point in time going to come back to me. But long-winded answer, if you're not consistent, you're nothing as an entrepreneur.
1: That's powerful stuff right there. Let, let's get deep into this as far as routines. What what can you tell us about your daily methods of operations, also called DMOs, for your body, mind, and spirit, as well as your DMOs or IPAs, so income-producing activities for your business uh, on a daily basis?
0: Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm very consistent about this. I would say that probably <laughs> I'm... I'm consistent with my mornings about 80% of the time. My afternoons are all over the place. Um, I sort of give myself permission to have, because you know, I'm answering phones, dealing with clients, making clients happy, doing appointments and all that. But my what I'm very consistent about in the morning is, um, number one, uh, body and mind. I always get up. First thing I do is I meditate. Uh, I meditate generally for about 20 minutes every single morning. Then I exercise. And after I'm done with exercising, I'll have a decent breakfast, a nutritious breakfast. And then I do affirmations, and I write down my goals that I have. And uh, any things that I have to do sort of like my to-do list. And this is like, for instance, this is for today. I'm I'm holding up my little (laughs) journal here. I do this every single morning uh, because I find that, obviously, when I meditate, when I exercise, do my affirmations and my goals, it just bring, it makes me so powerful, almost unstoppable in the morning. Uh, I'm a little bit goofy in that I get up super early. So I'm usually up at fo- between 4 and 4.30 a.m. Uh, every morning. Ooh, really? But, yeah, Michael, try talking to me at 9 p.m. at night, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too, not too with it. But that's it. And then right after that, um, and it's generally uh, my time about 8, 8.30, I spend that two hours to do what you call the uh, IPAs, the income-producing activities. And I always start off, and what's the most important thing for me, and this is another problem that a lot of real estate agents uh, have, is I always start off by calling my SOI, so my sphere of influence. And that's everybody that know that I know in my life all over the country, um, You know, I call them up, and I have, I have a program that tells me who I should call, what I should say to them, and when I should call them. And so that's my CRM, my client relationship management software. And I, that's the very first thing I do. And then what I do is I, I work probate attorneys because dead people are a great source of listings. <laughs> 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 um, we could, these are basically for your international audience. I don't know if it, you call it probates, but it's basically attorneys that work with estates that are for people that have passed away. Mm -hmm. And then I also do expired listings. So I also call listings that have been on the market but haven't sold. And those are the three primary things that I do. I do some other marketing as well, too. But those are the three primary things. But uh, the funniest thing, Michael, is the first thing that I do, which is the SOI, getting people to call their SOI, it's another thing that I have agents, real estate agents that have a real hard time doing. Um, I've got some agents that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars here in the United States. And they're doing all kinds of wild and crazy things. They're doing Facebook ads. They're going out knocking on doors. They're um, doing off Google SEO SEO marketing, uh, which to me is just it's really expensive, and you've got to be super smart to do it. And but they won't call people who know and love them, and it just blows my mind because they're they're giving up so much business, they're leaving so many listings and so much income on the table because they're not calling these people. And I'll tell you, Michael, there is nothing worse than driving by your friend's house and you see a for sale sign and that sign's not yours. <laughs> 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 You're not calling your friends up. And asking oh them
1: man, <laughs> passing over opportunities just like that.
0: <laughs> and, this is, and this is, you know, I'm all about being cheap and easy. I'm talking about marketing.
1: <laughs> right.
0: But, you know, there's nothing easier and less expensive and cheaper than calling people that you know and just saying, Hey, you know, Chris Stafford here. Do you know anybody that's thinking about buying or selling?
1: Right. Hey, can you tell us more about your approach? That's what I really like about it. It's you're not really um, into uh, investing all that money into ads, into marketing, and, yes. you know, uh, making videos with drones, like all of that fancy stuff, but you're more of the. Like the human aspect is more of the, um, the aspect that really counts. And uh, I, today I listened to an interview where you talked about the importance of storytelling, building rapport, rapport and uh, having fun with your clients, with the sellers instead of uh, like a lot of other agents do. I don't want to generalize, but uh, that's what you hear a lot of times that a little bit more money driven. So, you know, it's a guy in a suit. And he's just trying to get the business done and not trying to build any rapport and relationship. But your approach is a little bit different to this, right?
0: Yeah, what I think, Michael, I think that the most important thing when you're in sales, and I think that back in the day, when I started in the 1990s, that's all I did is I cold called. And I got on the phone and one of the, and I have to say back in the 1990s, I was actually pretty successful getting listings and getting clients by just getting on the phone for two hours every single morning. And, hey, do you want to sell your house? kind of thing <laughs> so, but you know i think change i think that right now in today's day and age i hope to god especially with what's going on around the world politically and everything else i think that people's bs monitors are set very high yep and people know when you're bsing them and they know when you're being not genuine and i think it's really important that it's really i you know, you probably heard it referred to as belly-to-belly marketing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that is just really being with people and connecting with people, building rapport with people, and that is what's really going to, you know, I think be, make you successful in any kind of sales, quite frankly. And so, you know, for me, it's not all about, you know, you see, here these real estate agents that go in, because typically when a seller here in San Francisco, for instance, Uh, A seller is going to interview three or four real estate agents before they make a determination as to, you know, which one they want to select. And there's so many agents, I've seen this in action, where so many agents, you know, they drive this fancy Mercedes, they've got a $5,000 suit on, and and they, you know, and they talk about, I'm wonderful, I'm number one, (laughs) I've sold more homes, you know, I look great, especially those real estate agents that they have those glamour shots, you know, they've like 60 years old and their picture makes them look like they're 30, (laughs) And then they open the door and the seller's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> right. um, big surprise. <laughs> big surprise. But, you know, for me, it's really all about what I truly, truly believe in my heart is that sellers have a really high BS monitor. They don't really care what kind of car you drive, what kind of suits you have. Sellers care about how you make them feel. And I can guarantee you, you know, if they meet th- in one day, if they meet with three sellers, they're not going to remember that you're number one in this, you're number one in that or whatever. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And the easiest way to do that, number one as a salesperson, is to really know your scripts, know what you're going to say in all situations, know uh, how you're going to counter objections and have all that information so you don't have to really think about it. But really, um, I would say be vulnerable with your clients. Really ask them questions. If you ever talk about yourself, if you ever talk about your story, it should only be, sh- you should only be doing that as you relate it back to them. And I can give you an example about that. I, I just sold, there was an 80-year-old couple, honest to God, I just sold their condo for a million and a half dollars here in San Francisco. And the reason they were selling is they wanted to move back to the East Coast. They wanted to move back to uh, New York, which is where they were from originally, because they're getting older and they want to be closer to family. And I've moved across the country so many times and I, and I explained to them, you know, how nerve wracking it is, how insecure it made me feel. You know, I was being vulnerable with them and, you know, and, and how I overcame a lot of problems with moving and all that kind of good stuff. And they just loved that. They interviewed three real estate agents and they told me afterwards that they felt really comfortable and confident using me. I love those two words, by the way, comfortable and confident of using me because they felt that they really connected with me, that I built that kind of rapport as opposed to just going in like a charging bull and telling (laughs) them how wonderful I am. So, yeah, I mean, that's just a really good example of building rapport. But That has got to be the key in making sales for any entrepreneur right now, I believe. Plus, you know, too, Michael, the best part is it's a lot more fun you know, it's a lot more fun connecting with people and asking them questions and asking people, you know, what are your insecurities? What are your concerns? What's making you nervous? That kind of stuff. And then helping with that. I mean, that to me is a lot more enjoyable than just charging into a seller's home and saying, okay, I'm number one. I'm great. Blah, blah, blah.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Instead of wearing that mask, just allowing yourself to be more vulnerable and connect on a deeper level with with these people. These are people. These are not just like money machines or whatever else. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. And um, how does a successful real estate agent like you maintain a healthy relationship between your work life and your private life? Can you actually become successful as a real estate agent with uh, without putting in these crazy work hours of up to 16 hours a day or uh, 60 to 80 hours a week? Like uh, we often hear uh, in the media or online or just wherever
0: else. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. The answer to the question is, yes, you can. Um, And I think that it really takes uh, boundaries, setting boundaries with yourself and with your clients. There's no question about that. But one of the things that I talk about in my coaching, my whole coaching philosophy is all about not only establishing hardcore sales tactics, but also, brain hacks to help people live a better life and not get so stressed out and have health in their life and have family time. So, one of the things that blows my mind, Michael, is when you have real estate agents, and a lot of entrepreneurs are this way you have real estate agents that are they're, they're so proud of themselves because they advertise that I'm available 24 7. You can call me at 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and get me on the phone. It's like, screw that. You know, I said, you know, Try to reach me on the phone after nine o'clock at night. It's not going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. But the the reason that I think that people can do it is they think that they always have to be available to their clients and always be on. And that's just not true. Um, They're not concentrating on their health. And I will offer to you that I think that if you don't concentrate on your health first, you're not going to be good for anything with regard to your family or your business. You know, one of the things like, I have two glasses of wine at night and then the next day I just feel like crap. I don't I'm not motivated, I'm not incented. You have to take care of what you're eating, what you're drinking and working out because as entrepreneurs we need the motivation. Hey listen, I'm 61 years old right now. You know, you're a young guy I remember when I was really young, you could do a lot of stupid stuff and still function the next day. But as an entrepreneur, you need every single tool as sharp as possible, and your health is certainly one of them. So here's what I do to answer your question, and I'll bring it in for a landing. (laughs) I think what's really important is that you stay super focused when you are on, when you're working, that you stay super focused, and then when you're off, use that time productively to take care of your family, take care of your health and everything else. I think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of uh, real estate agents, they, they just sort of let the two blend together. Like when I'm super focused and doing my two hours in the morning, whatever, uh, if I don't get any appointments or anything else, I'll take the rest of the day off. All right. And I'll go, you know, hang out with friends, hang out with, you know, people that I love and cherish. And I think that a lot of people sort of, they sort of drift between the two and they're not very focused when they are on. And I think that really what it boils down to, and this is something that I've really come to this conclusion in the last few years of my life, uh, that we have to lead conscious lives. And all of us, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, all of us are going 100 miles an hour, whatever we're doing. If you've got kids, you've got businesses, you've got family, aging parents, whatever it is, and we're all going 100 miles an hour. And you know, frequently, a lot of times, if you don't take that time to spend time meditating, pray, praying, whatever it is that you're into spiritually or taking the time for your health. That you know, you're know you going to wake up three years later and it's like, where's all this time gone? And so I think it's really important that we just lead more conscious lives, try to take a couple moments here and there and take a deep breath, understand what you're putting in your mouth, understanding what you're filling in your head. And um, yeah, I think that's lead a more conscious life and that'll get you there.
1: When did you have this awakening, as far as this, as far as making your well-being a priority instead of just wake, working tirelessly like a maniac twenty-four-seven? But because I, if I understood that uh, well, doing an interview of yours, uh, you were talking about how you were facing some health issues. You were working so hard, so many hours. Then you started facing health issues, and you start realizing that that's not just that's not really worth it, and then. You started f- figuring out some ways how you could combine both these worlds and you were just talking about it how uh, important it is to being able to, to find a, a healthy relationship between both mm-hmm. these things so when when did that happen when did you have this, this awakening
0: well I think a lot of it happened about ten years ago when um, about ten years ago you know you always they always say don't worry about things that you know 95% of the things you worry about never come true. And they, you know, it's the random calls you get on a random Tuesday afternoon that freak you out. And that's what happened to me at about two o'clock on a random Tuesday afternoon. I found out that my partner of 17 years had brain cancer. So it wasn't me. It was my partner that had brain cancer. And if you talk about, you know, just being like a wall of bricks just fell on you. And so for about a year, um, they were in the hospital for about a year. And so, and I was in the hospital for about a year. I don't remember that year, honestly, Michael. And, but what I do recall is, and and, you know, and thank God right now, total remission has been in remission for 10 years. So we're so grateful and so blessed. Yeah, but I remember at the end of that year, um, thinking to myself, my God, there's gotta be more to this. You know, And, and up until then I was like what you were saying, I was drinking a lot, I was eating crap food, I was working you know, 12, 15 hours a day, um, and I was hanging around with people that were just totally messed up in the head. <laughs> and It was sort of like I just sort of had this awakening that there's got to be more to it than this, and that's when I realized that I need to figure out what is it that I can do to improve my life. That was sort of the time I wrote the book called Massive Abundance, How to Create Passion, Purpose, and Prosperity in Your Life. And uh, I just sort of realized, okay, like, w- what are the steps in life that's going to get me here? And, and that was really the genesis, the genesis that I needed to take care of myself. I needed to take care of my health. Uh, I needed to really bridge the geographical distances between me and my family. I started spending a lot more time with my family and, you know, because all my family is uh, in, on the East Coast. And I just sort of had this major aha that, that, that I needed to sort of come to terms with. And that's when I just sort of got clean and really started, and listen, am I perfect? No. But I try to think to myself that at least 80% of the time, you know, it's the old 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, I'm really conscious about what I'm eating, drinking, what I'm thinking about, what's important to me and what's not important to me. Because guaranteed, I can guarantee you, there's no question, you're, when you're 90 years old and you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be sitting there wishing you work more. so so what is it that brings you joy and what is it that brings you you know a lot of people talk about i'm going off on a tangent so just stop me if you want me oh
1: you're good go uh, ahead
0: (laughs) a lot of people talk about what's really important you know i want to be happy i want to be happy you know i think happiness is bullshit i think that there's it's such an esoteric uh, concept of what really it's an esoteric construct of what is it going to take to Uh, make you happy. For me personally, it's all about being in a state of joy. I think that if you can figure out how to be joyful, what brings you into a state of joy, that I think from that point, you can do anything. I really believe that. I mean, I think that you're unstoppable. And so again, getting back to leading a conscious life, I think it's really super important to figure out what are those things that bring you joy. And for me personally, um, I love exercising. I love reading. But the biggest thing that brings me joy is knowing that I'm going to possibly be helping somebody else. And you know, for instance, doing a podcast like this—if there's one person that here that gets one kernel, one little thing that you know could possibly help them—I that makes me so so joyful. Uh, Talking to my coaching clients on the phone—you know, when you say something to them and they and that the light bulb goes off and it's like, oh my god! That and then when it works and they call you back and they say that it works. I can live off of that, Michael, for days. (laughs) Traveling is the the other thing that makes me joyful. So I just sort of concentrate on all the things that bring me into a state of joy. And, um, you know, and then then just be grateful for it all. Because when I find you can't, your brain can't have a positive thought and a negative thought at the same time. And I think those are the things that really um, do it for me.
1: I love this, man. I love this. That's one of the most common patterns that I always find whenever I interact with successful people, whenever I talk to successful people or have them on my podcast is the abundance way of thinking, way of life. And Mm -hmm. you think that there there are some superstar real estate agents out there uh, as far as their skills, maybe as far as their competencies, whatever else it is uh, that still don't manage to, have a, some sort of a breakthrough. Do you think that the only thing that is missing what separates them from the ones who made the breakthrough is the, the abundant mindset, if I may say, or way of thinking? Uh, do you think that could be the, the biggest distinction, the biggest um, factor? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, there's,
0: there's no question in my, in my mind, Michael, that there are people that are in real estate that hold themselves back, I mean, listen, we all have that, we're human, you know, I have times where, you know, I do stuff and with my coaching group, like right now, I'm launching this major marketing campaign for this coaching group. And I, you know, still, you wake up at two o'clock in the morning, and you think to yourself, Oh, my God, am I doing this? Right? Am I making the right mistake? I'm spending a lot of money doing this, blah, blah. But yeah, no, I think that a lot of us hold ourselves back. And I think that the, the mindset is key. I don't know if you've heard of the coach, Tony Robbins.
1: Oh, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> Tony Robbins, well, I love quoting him because he always says, you know, mindset is 80% of success. 20% is just strategy. And that's one of the right. reasons why I think it's really important to all of us is to concentrate on the mindset, going back to the, you know, bring yourself into a state of joy. Because if you don't have the mindset, if you can't figure out what, that, what is it going to do for you, it's not the same for everybody. What brings me joy and what improves my mindset isn't going to be the same for you or any of your listeners. You know, it's all different for everybody. But again, just being conscious of that and trying to figure out what can you do to improve your mindset. I almost can guarantee you, though, if you, a a lot of your mindset, the foundation for a really successful mindset that will propel you is is the foundation has got to be dealing with your spiritual side and your health side. Um, because like I said, you know, I can go eat a McDonald's hamburger, which I never do, but if I ate a McDonald's hamburger, I would probably feel like crap for the next day. That's not going to do anything to help my mind or my body. And so I think it's really important that you address those two issues. But beside that, mindset is definitely key, and that's one of the reasons why I make it a, an integral part of my coaching program. Because I can tell real estate agents, okay, you should call these people, you should do this on Facebook, you should do this, and say this, and all that kind of good stuff. But you know, if their mindset's in the gutter, because you know their husband's gonna leave them, their dog died, or the house went on, you know, blew up or something. Guess what? They're not gonna do anything right.
1: Right. Yeah, your inner world creates what your outer world still sense.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And one of the things that I think that can help a lot of people, um, stop me if this isn't uh, relevant, but one of the things that I think that can help a lot of people is having minimum standards. And Mm. I always talk about having minimum standards. And, And again, when I say minimum standards, and I talk to my clients all the time about this, figure out in all your life areas, what can you do every single day to... To uh, sort of uh, help you achieve your goals. And they can be super easy. Like, for instance, when I talk to my coaching clients, I said, You're not calling your sphere of influence. You need to call your SOI every single day to get listing referrals. And I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I'm I'm nervous about it. What if they say no? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So, (laughs) what I, you know, I said, "Okay, let's do a minimum standard that is so easy that I want you to call one friend a day. That's all you got to do. Is just call one friend a day and just bring up real estate. And that's all you got to do. And, I, and so that's your minimum standard. I want you to make that your minimum standard. Like I said, I don't care if your wife leaves you, your dog dies, and your house blows up. You're going to do that every single day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And, you know, what's easy about it is, number one, you're calling a friend. And number two, you're only calling one person. And I'm, I don't care, you know, what's your situation in life. If you want to be an entrepreneur, I know you can call one person a day. And the great thing about it is not only does that sort of circumvent the, the amygdala in the back of your brain, which is your fight or flight uh, response, but it also what it does is it helps you build confidence and comfort that you can do it. You know, because if you keep calling one person a day and you do that for two weeks, three weeks is how you set up a habit guess what the chances are you're going to become a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident doing it and you're going to do more but so minimum standards in any life you know one of my other coaching uh, one of my other clients is having a hard time uh working out and she says you know i used to be a really good dancer i I went to this dance academy and i you know and then i went this online dance studio and i could dance and she and now she says I don't I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not working out because of COVID. I'm freaked out about this and that. She's giving me every excuse in the book. And I told her I said, "Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to that online site. Turn your computer on, go to that website, and that's all I want you to do. Every single day for the next 2 weeks, I want you just to go to the website. Don't do anything, don't dance, just go to the website." She did that for 3 days in a row in, in a row, and on the 4th day she joined a class. <laughs> and I just love that, you know. It gives me goop, you? Minimum, developing minimum standards for yourself in all your life areas is just a great way to sort of get you going.
1: This is so good. This is so good. I'm, I'm glad you like it because I don't <laughs> even
0: remember what we were talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and You know, Chris, here in Luxembourg, when we hear San Francisco, we automatically think of Silicon Valley. We think of tech giants, Engineers, highly intelligent people, but also highly expensive real estate. So, what's the current state of the real estate market following the repercussions of COVID nineteen? And are the U.S. elections now with the results? I know I still don't know what's really going on right now, but is yeah, that also going to have an impact? They don't know.
0: So, send us <laughs> lots of prayers here.
1: <laughs>
0: um, surprisingly enough, you know, it's funny because uh when i had a really good january and february and then i i guess it was march march and april is when covid really shut us down san francisco was one of the first places in the country where they were super strict and they closed everything we weren't even allowed to show property obviously not do open houses but we couldn't even show property so for two months and, and i thought that's it that's the end of the game mm. my real estate business is going to tank and the Then they opened it up and I'll swear to God, Michael, it was like they opened up a floodgate. And I am so busy this year, probably in over 25 years of real estate, excuse me, I'm probably the busiest I've ever been and I don't understand why exactly. Here in the United States, uh, mortgages and interest rates are super low. Right? Uh, You can get a mortgage right now for under 3%. It's like free money. but I think that the biggest thing that changed Michael is the um, people's, because they're being quarantined and all this kind of stuff, people's idea of home has totally changed. Uh, They need more space. They need an outdoor space. They need whatever. And so I think it's just really got people to focus on their sense of home and how important it is to them. And because of that, we've just been so busy. Our, just for your uh, listeners' information, our average sales price here—I think our average uh, sales price generally in the whole United States is about three hundred thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, here, our average sales price for a single-family home is about a million dollars. My average sales price that I've for the last few years has been about two million dollars, um, and it is the busiest I've ever seen it. The state, and I will—I will say though that the problem that we have had it's interesting we have a real stratified market single family homes that have space and have a yard and parking a garage are still flying off the shelves It's a very busy very busy market condos downtown and high rises not good not good so those are sitting on the market for for months and getting hardly any showings because again people don't want to be cooped up in a real dense environment with a lot of other right. people they want to be in a house with a yard and all that good stuff. So,
1: right. Wow. Damn. <laughs> okay. So let's get to the final three questions now. So uh, you can just like give some brief answers. Like, you don't even have to get into it in, in detail. And uh, the first one would be if you could go back in time and have a conversation with your, let's say, 13 year young teenage self, What's the ultimate advice that you would give to that younger version of yourself?
0: Oh, wow. Considering my life was a mess in my <laughs> teenage years, I mean, I was doing drugs, I was drinking, I was dealing marijuana. I mean, I was a wreck. Um, but, you know, really what it all boils down to is be yourself and don't be afraid. Powerful. That's really I mean, I was so insecure in my teenage years and as a, as a young adult. Just don't be afraid.
1: Just,
0: you've got this.
1: And before we get to the last question, can you share with the audience where they can connect with you? And can you tell us about your services as well as the two books? Sure. So if
0: you're listening to this in the United States and you are a real estate agent, uh, hit me up or any of your viewers, hit me up at theagentunleashed.com. And maybe you could put it in your show notes. Of course. But if you hit me up on my website, I'll send you a copy of my book, Massive Abundance for Free. And you can also hit me up there and I will give you a free coaching session if you're interested, if you're a real estate agent here in the United States. And so that is theagentunleashed.com.
1: Excellent, excellent. Last question now. It's a powerful question right there. (laughs) Okay. What is your message to the world?
0: what is my message to the world? Wow, that's a really good one. I think that my message to the world is, again, is don't underestimate the power you have. Do not underestimate yourself. Really go out there and without regrets and without anxiety, you know, just shine. Do what you want to do because the world needs you. There's a lot of different businesses that we have in this world, and a lot of people stop doing things because they're afraid of how people are going to judge them. They think other people are doing it different or better. And I'll tell you right now, everybody needs to hear your voice. I don't care if you invent a new car or invent a new coaching program. You are unique, and people need to hear your voice. So go out there and do it. (laughs)
1: Man, that gives me chills. Thank you so much, Chris. I want to thank you uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedule uh, to hop on this podcast. And I truly, I want to acknowledge you for the powerful work that you're doing, the impact that you have on this industry, and especially that you're leading with integrity. And in my opinion, that is one of the most important qualities a human can have, that is integrity. And with that being said, I'm wishing you and your loved ones the best of luck going forward. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. It was a pleasure being on this, Michael. I wish you the same.
1: Thank you, Chris. All right. Peace out, guys. (laughs) All right. That's it for today's episode with Chris Stafford. Such a great and knowledgeable guy. That was a lot of fun. Feel free to connect with us. If you liked it, you're more than welcome to share it online and I would greatly appreciate any rating and review for the Growth Never Stops podcast. With that being said, I'm going to finish up with a quote that I found in the book that Chris wrote with Deborah Jenkins called Massive Abundance. And that is, the more you open yourself to receiving the good, the more the good will come to you. When you let go of painful experiences, you will be free that's it for today take care of yourself peace out